0: Log Talk Radio
1: There is no earthy way of mowing <laughs> Good man is out time Which direction we are going And that wrecked the El Camino It would have been DWI A tipping point.
2: Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at theater time once again for tipping point. We were here last week. We're right back at you again. And I am Stephen Platinum, and I am joined, as always, by the venerable, the intelligent, and the slightly
3: agitated Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry? Well, I, I I like to think that, well, that all those apply. I guess they do. So <laughs>
2: how
3: are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing really great. Um, I'm excited for the show tonight. Um, we have two people calling in. First, Stevie Richards member of the BWO, guy who wrestled for everybody and anybody that mattered, WCW, WWF now E, and of course ECW, Um, he's going to be here tonight, that's exciting, and then Billy Knight is calling in, uh, the owner of UIW, and it'll be interesting to see if he has any kind of response to what AJ Steele said last week, Larry, what do you think about our guest tonight?
3: Uh, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly one of the things we've got to talk about with Billy is the success UIW had in their first foray into the VFW Fairgrounds. Um, by all reports and indications, they drew over 200 paid. Um, yeah, which is better than better than they've done in a while. Better than Peach State's been doing. So very um, very interesting and encouraging for them. Um, so I'm curious to ask him about that, and yeah, same as you, What is it, did, 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 did he hear about uh, what A.J. Steele had to say, and does he have any response to that? And of course, Stevie Richards, that was a great intro you did, by the way, too bad he's not on the line right now, because that's a nice intro for uh, Stevie Richards. Um, of course, the, the, he's he's coming to uh, Georgia, that's what prompts this appearance, um, he will be part of the Wildcat wrestling crew that's going to be in cornelia on saturday night uh luke Hawk's company coming to coming to cornelia to put on a show Um, i I mean
2: the landmark arena has put on a lot of different shows by a lot of different groups it's sort of like almost like speed dating like they're in they're out they're in they're out (laughs) but of course the one thing that you can count on for sure that doesn't change is anarchy i think anarchy has been on a just been on a i mean ever since Dan <clears throat> took over his booker and Rick took took over as owner um they've just been doing such great stuff um I was curious um, so n c w which has been which had been running on every Friday night have they gone to the two
3: times a month format Larry yes, that is official that and uh, it only makes sense with all the shows that are coming in there. And if that continues to be the case that different promotions are going to come in and use the building, you know, the burnout factor could get pretty severe. So, uh, they are now going with only, um, twice a month shows going forward. You know, I, I, I
2: think something that, uh, Rick does deserve credit for is <clears throat> it's, it's tough to run in that building as far as making ends meet. And, uh, certainly that building has conquered, um, any number of people, um, you know, Jerry Palmer really made it work, uh, undoubtedly for the most part. Uh, I, you know, Franklin Dove, it, it kind of went up and down. I think, uh, definitely under Charles, it started sort of downsliding and then under, uh, Danny only, you know, it hit rock bottom, but I think Rick Michaels has found a way, uh, to achieve this balance between sort of financial viability of running shows in that building and not sacrificing anarchy in order to do it. So, I mean, that's definitely to be commended. It is not easy to make money in the wrestling business in spite of what many people seem to think.
3: (laughs) Hey, you know, uh, we do have a, uh, by the way, a a complete report on the uh, UIW show is up on the website, thanks to Brown Brodicker uh, sent one in. Uh, So if you want to check out the full results from Saturday night, uh, it's there up at gwa dot com also up on the site is a brief story about the announcement and subsequent very quick cancellation of the scenic city uh, Invitational uh, show at the Memorial Auditorium in Chattanooga, announced Saturday night and retracted on Monday night. Uh, How many people does that building hold, Larry? Uh, seating capacity is well over 3,000. So I'd say they got a little uh, over their skis, as you might say, uh, in attempting this show. And obviously, they're not going to attempt it. It is, it is definitely not going to happen. It's not a, it's not a maybe or a possible. It's, it's not going to happen.
2: No. I I and I think, of course, that's for the best. I think everyone will agree that it's for the best. Um, the point of the Cedic City Invitational, now I can't really speak for anybody else, but just from my perspective, what they had achieved so well is not this notion of who's got the biggest crowd, but who's got the show that people want to wrestle on, that people want to travel to go see. I think often you know, lost in you know, even the great work that Scott Hensley has done and, and ACE is I think it's really about the Hales and the job that they've done sort of creating this buzz, Um, truly doing the work of a promoter, which is to, it's one thing to hire talent to come in for your shows. There are any number of shows that do that. AWE amongst them where they'll bring in a bunch of names, but, really getting the word out and creating an atmosphere where people want to be a part of something um is the unique thing about the scenic city it didn't matter where they ran i think that's like that's that's kind of like a i'm i'm in kind of a rookie promoter mistake is thinking the venue is so important that you have to show well, there's a rapid growth I mean, just be kind of happy with what you've got. They've added a few shows during the year, otherwise. And let the thing sort of grow instead of forcing the growth. That's what it felt well, like it, announcing that building was doing.
3: Yeah, and the concept it, it would have been a one-time-only special event with ideally getting in legends from that territory to uh, come in. You know, people like, you know, if, if all you know, if the stars had aligned, you know, a Jim Cornette or a, a Ron Fuller or, or, or people of that ilk to be to take part in the show, um, even at that, boy, that's, that's a – gosh, it's so long ago, you know.
2: It, it is. Uh, it's very long ago. And, again, how are you going to get the word out to the people who are going to be inclined to see that show? And also, I mean, last year's Scenic City, which was by all accounts a sort of monumental success I mean there's nonetheless on you know on one of the nights when the guys are standing around waiting to get paid I mean that that sort of cast a pall on that and I think sometimes when the wheels start coming off a little the instinct is to kind of like swing for the fences instead of right the ship and I think Scott with Scott Hensley and guys like Dan Wilson and Hales I think the emphasis will be on sort of making sure the ship is righted and making sure everybody knows that things are going to kind of continue to move in this upward direction. Um, And again, there's something about not alienating your base. How many times in wrestling history have we seen it where there's always this sort of subtle implication that, yeah, thanks for coming to our thing, but We actually want it to be this other thing. And if you want to come along, of course, we want you to come along. But secretly, we want this other thing to happen. And wrestling fans don't take kindly to that kind of thing, you know, whether it's Crockett Promotions moving Starcade or or other things that we've seen locally where, you know, promotions – have this thing about we're going to run in all these different towns. And more often than not, what ends up happening is they don't draw so great in the new place. And when they return home, quote unquote, home to their home spot, they always find the crowds aren't quite as big. People don't like being told that they're not important. And uh, I think every wrestling promoter needs to keep that in mind whenever they're thinking about the next step.
3: Well, and I couldn't agree more with what you said about there's there's able-bodied folks at the helm that I think are going to right the ship uh, and keep it righted with um, Scenic City. The folks you mm-hmm. mentioned and some Absolutely. others that are now part of the um team there. Um I think it's, you know, I think it's in I think they're in good hands and that uh the uh, invitational should be a really strong show again this year. Speaking of uh running towns and doing well, uh, I've noticed that Georgia Premier wrestling under uh Big Wood uh is doing very well in Canton, which was a building that mm. had not been yeah, they're they're D three hundred paid in that building, which was now which had been a tough building to get people out to on a regular basis. But he seems to have found a home there in Canton. Um and is doing well there with you know, nothing nothing spectacular in terms of you know any special talent or anything. He's done better recently. Uh, with his regular crew than when he brought in Jerry Lawler uh, at some expense. So um, hats off to, to the uh, GPW folks on, on the job they're doing.
2: You know, it just goes to show it's about promotion and it's about consistency and it's about staying the course and the people in an area knowing that they can trust you to do a thing. It's, it's not very complicated. It's like an old business adage. But, um, you know, like how many how many places has Canton swallowed up, Larry, that you can think of? <laughs> like all the different
3: promotions and stuff that have tried to run there. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I never rather- really went to that building until AWE tried it. And, of course, they had a rough time there. And, uh, uh, you know, GPW didn't do that well, as I recall, uh, early on trying to run there either but they seem to have hit their hit their stride in that building um i wanted to shift gears here for a second uh hadn't Mm -hmm. heard anything more from uh pcw um you know matt hankin sat in for you for you for you a few weeks ago um do you have any news about what may be uh, happening
2: one, um, they're they're waiting for uh, a new venue to be made available. Apparently, that's in the works. But at the very least, like this is very the very minimum that's going to happen. Um, of course, the show built around St. Patrick's Day is always a big thing. That was PCW's mm-hmm. first show in Porterdale. And it's become a tradition that that's always kind of a bigger deal. So for sure, Hankins told me that, um, St. Patrick's Day is happening. Obviously, July Fourth is happening, and of course, Sacred Ground is happening. Um, are there going to be other shows? Very likely. Is there going to be a venue where shows are run regularly? Yes. Um, when that is, I do not know. But I know for sure. I mean, Hankins and I nailed that down. Like, gotta have Patrick's Day. Gotta have July Fourth. Gotta have Sacred Ground. So that's that's where we're that's where we stand right now.
3: So. so- This St. Patrick's Day, what? How many years would does that make it for PCW as far as anniversaries go in in Porter Day? Uh,
2: I think last year was the fifth anniversary show, so this would be the sixth. Nice. So I I remember the first time we went to that building. You know, like Tim and his cohorts would come to the Friday shows and uh, talk to me and go like, oh, you know, Porterdale had this great wrestling tradition. I've got this building. <laughs> let's just try it on St. Patrick's Day. They have a parade. And let's just see if it works. And I remember walking into that building And seeing like people just sort of milling around, all of a sudden it was packed. And I mean packed. It was crazy. There were people like a foot away from the ring, sitting all around, standing all around. And I remember um, Jay Fury and Fred Yehi and others kind of showed up a little late to the game, uh, hashtag color people time and they should, they said when they showed up they, they thought it wasn't going to be a big deal and then they're like we had to fight through the crowd to get to the dressing room and they said <laughs> boy this might really be a thing and i mean that success basically you know buoyed pcw um because at that point we were doing the friday shows but then soon after we added twice a month shows in Porterdale we were still doing shows at the Masquerade it was a really kind of energetic vibrant time and having to figure out as a booker personally how to book Porterdale like how to make it different how to sort of cater to that audience while still remaining PCW is one of it's one of my prouder moments as a booker, actually, and the guys did just a great job. Some guys would work completely opposite in Porterdale, just as part of their training and education. So, like Johnny Danger, for example, started off as a heel character um in Porterdale, um just so it's like so we could see his chops. I never wanted to turn him heel on the Friday night shows, um but you know in Porterdale, it was a chance for guys to try different things, and uh it was really exciting and really fun
3: well i'm I'm glad it's gonna continue,
2: um, yes, absolutely.
3: Uh, Just checking messages here, and looks like we should be getting a call from Mr. Richards here very shortly. Great,
2: great, great. Yes, Stevie Richards is one of these people. um, We're only going to have him for like a tight 15 minutes, and Larry's going to ask him the first two questions. Uh, Something I definitely wanted to talk about with him, Larry. If we don't get a chance, we don't get a chance, but um, did you know, here's a little like Stevie Richards stat that may shock you. So during sort of the height of the Attitude Era, um, the Right to Censor group with Stevie Richards, it was basically Stevie Richards was the core of that group. But then they added members, you know, Ivory was there uh, for a while. They had like the Good Father instead of the Godfather and, and different entities. But at one point, for a rather long run on SmackDown and Raw, Right to Censor got more camera time and Stevie Richards more promo time than anybody in the company, including The Rock, Stone Cold, Mankind, Triple H, anybody. So there was a good long run there where Right to Censor Was kind of the core of that show And that's something I definitely wanted to ask him about What that was like Um, He, who was sort of a perennial, like,
3: lackey character And all of a sudden, there he was the man What that was like Well, Steve, you got your chance to ask him Because we're joined right now by star of WWE Ring of Honor, ECW He's been everywhere And he'll be in Cornelia, Georgia this Saturday night Welcome to the Tipping Point, Stevie Richards Hey guys, how
2: you doing? Oh, doing great, Stevie. Well, you know, I'm just going to horn in here. Um, (laughs) um, Stevie, I was just talking about how at one point, uh, right to censor, and this is something a lot of people don't realize or don't know, you guys were the center of the show. You got more promo time and more camera time than anybody else going on in that show. Now for someone like you who, Tended to be a character that was, you know, an underling, a lackey, or whatever. Now all of a sudden, you're the mouthpiece and the face of the biggest thing going on, on the shows during an incredibly successful era. What was that like for you? What was going through your mind, and how did you how did you manage to pull that off so successfully?
0: Well, I said first, thank you very much, and it was really the combined effort of. Uh, myself and especially Jamie Mars, uh, who is the writer for a lot of the pro, as we work together on a lot of the stuff, and we both actually felt the way we did. So if it comes across as genuine about the way the product, uh, or at least the way I felt about it and the writer Jamie felt about it, that's why because it didn't need to have all that stuff and and everything. And, and Vince wanted to kind of be, tail, uh, uh, you know, reined in anyway because of the advertisers, Parent Television Council. Which is what the right to censor was a parody of. But for me personally, it was just, it was surreal because, you, you, you know, I was put in a position where obviously you've heard there's a little bit of politics involved in WWE and there's a little bit of backstabbing <laughs> and cutthroatness. Um, and I kind of got, you know, thrown into that without realizing that, you know, the merit of my promos, my work and, and, and the gimmick and the characters getting over wasn't all. That was needed to kind of stay in that spot there. So uh, they, maybe that essentially is why the great sensor, think about it, it, it really only lasted a year. If you really think about yeah. it, that's not a long time at all. Really a, a drop in the water. And Jamie Morris left the company, so that kind of like between that and I think the sharks circling, you know, <laughs> the, the days of that were numbered. I wasn't figured in. I wasn't, I, I think it's really, I, my proudest thing was that I wasn't politically figured in, I wasn't in with you know, the people in power or anything like that. It really was something that they, had, they handed me the ball and I ran with it and everybody played their part within there because I couldn't do it without having people uh, you know, that were part of the group, especially the you know, talking about the Hall of Famer Ivory, you know, congratulations yeah. to her. You know, she having a woman uh do the opposite of what every other woman was doing during this attitude era type stuff really, I think, sealed the whole package for us.
3: Yes, absolutely. Larry. Um, Stevie, first, thanks for, again, I know you're on a tight schedule tonight, for thanks for giving us some of your time. Um, I've always been very curious about the um, ECW uh, angle where, uh, Sandman's crucifixion I, I happened to be there that night one of the few times It was at ECW Arena and I, I know you were Involved uh, what are your thoughts Recollections about that um, Night and that angle
0: I know it was very surreal Once again I use that word
3: <laughs> I was a lot of stuff <laughs> You had that you know,
0: kind of career <laughs> when, yeah, when, when these <laughs> things happen too When these things happen we don't know We're We're making uh, a moment that for good, bad, or indifferent that people are going to remember pretty much forever. And that's two of the things you're talking about, the right to censor, now this. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about it because I was raised Roman Catholic in South Philadelphia, then in our neighborhood in Philadelphia. And I was still a church-going uh, young man back then. So it wasn't exactly, you know, as I go to church the next day after doing that. You're like, oh, should I go to confession for this or what, what's the deal? Uh, but I remember Kurt Angle was there that night and yes. um, you know he yeah that's that could have been the best thing that ever happened to Kurt Angle rather than going to ECW look what happened to him obviously <laughs> you know he he had a much much uh more you know uh fulfilling career with financially and all that stuff you know so you know outside of that Raven came out he did his apology obviously he didn't mean it and uh, you know, I, I found it pretty funny after looking back after years and years and years, that a fan base that pretty much I don't know you couldn't offend them at all, but they acted all offended by the by this angle, you know, with the crucifixion, like they 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 all of a sudden got morals and ethics that night, but everything else, <laughs> you know, crack whore, show your tits, you faggot, you're this and that, all the, all the totally like today, like you know couldn't even chant that stuff i i actually on a side note right. i'd love to see the wwe i'd love to see the network editors bleeping out these chants and having to watch hours and hours of shows with all these like non-politically <laughs> correct chants uh,
2: oh uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah <I>
0: mean, <laughs> that's usually when they play like the the really generic entrance music they might just well play it all throughout
2: everyone's matches <laughs> So would your Stevie? Would your take that is that the ECW fans, sort of as a collective, it's not like they conferred, but that their offense to what was going on wasn't entirely genuine.
0: I don't know. I mean, I just think it's a good mm. contradiction, you know, to look at anything yeah. else that didn't offend them, but this one thing. I mean, you, I guess, I guess, in a way, you should never really you know, put, push religion and politics that far into, you know, that's wrestling is based on a lot of that stuff, you know, uh, to push uh hot button topics or hit raw nerves. But I guess, you know, literally displaying a guy crucified on a, on a wooden cross that you, you know, you built and put under the
3: ring is like, yeah, it's a little much. Uh, <laughs> if I could just say the one thing I remember about it was Atlas security coming around and confiscating cameras. They did not want any oh, really? photos of that. <laughs> yes, oh, wow. Yes. Um, yeah, our camera was taken <laughs> along with other people's cameras. They did not want photos of that out. Um, um, yeah, So, but anyway, um, moving on to another topic, if we could, Stevie, um, I, you know, obviously you're in phenomenal condition, and uh, I've yeah. been across Stevie, fit, Stevie Richards Fitness and the Resistance Pan training program. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, sure. You know, my my whole mission statement in general with fitness is to try to offer, you know, I offer free content like work out of the days on my social media and everything and I try to help as many people as I can Uh, but I developed this program from being on the road all the time and not having access to a gym or even sometimes being stranded at the gate at the airport or sometimes going right to the building before my match and not having time. So the resistance bands are great and people give them kind of a bum rap sometimes thinking they're not difficult but Resistance bands are pretty tough, you know, and, and there's a lot of band work that, that's used now with like American Top Team where I'm a coach now. I mean, they use a lot of band work for squats, for for resistance, as they're doing other things. But uh, they're the safest – I would say they're, the, the bands are the safest, most afford, affordable, easily accessible way for people to really not only build a foundation for their fitness but actually get in better shape and get back in the shape or whatever level you're at. And, uh, you know, I made the price point $14.99 uh, with full email support by me. And also, uh, what's really great about that is the people who bought the program created a closed Facebook community for themselves. And I'm a, I'm a part of that, obviously. If they didn't invite me, I'd be pretty offended by that. But, but, um, you know, they created this community and, and, now every day people are checking in, weighing in. Uh, you know, we have people that already dropped like the big Ray, one of the people that's a podcast host on the Hacker Hameen network where I do conspiracy show. And we also do the, the wrestling show at Russo. Um, he's lost over 25 pounds already, just in under a month. And, uh, you know, I've been trying to guide him with diet and people, you know, it's not just a, the program's not at all like a cure all, you know, I give you also some coaching on nutrition I tell you, you have to do other stuff like cardio. You have to get plenty of rest. So it's kind of like for the 15 bucks in the closed Facebook group and the direct email support, it, it's as close to personal training as you're going to get for that price. Yeah, right?
2: that sounds like it. Absolutely. Um, Stevie, tell us about the show that you're going to work in Cornelia, Georgia. Tell us about that sure. coming up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's another thing about um, just talking about Luke Hawks, Wildcat, sports and everything, uh, you know, I want to say first and foremost, I really do appreciate the opportunity that, that Luke and the company gave me years ago and continue to give me uh, mm. up until now, you know, where, you know, I don't get a whole lot of opportunity to show what I can do in the ring anymore to show how I can cut promos or be creative with angles and help young talent. And Wildcat has always been a place, not only me, but guys like Bob Holly, Billy Gunn, Uh, even Jinder Mahal before he went back to WWE giving opportunity for, for talent to shine at their fullest potential. And that's, that's the young guys too. There, everybody from top to bottom. So, you know, when people come out to Cornelia, Georgia, this Saturday, they're not only going to see me and I take great pride, like you said, in being the best shape I can be in and work the highest level matches I can, but that goes up and down the line from Luke, Jay Spade, Socorro, Pump Patrol, uh, you know, Luke's son's going to be on the show He, he started wrestling So you're going to see new yeah. generations of Hawks in the, Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool And everybody, Luke does not put people in the ring If they're not giving their A-level effort If they're not training hard If they're not having good matches They're not getting better He's taking people off the shows So what you're going to see in Cornelia Is the people that have truly earned the right to be on the show And and I just want people to know that the The, the guys that are coming have a true passion, and are broken in the the right way. They're broken in basically the way I was broken in back in 91. You know, you have to earn every bit of what you get, and then you got to keep earning it. So um, it's going to be me and Luke and his son teaming up against Pump Patrol, which is going to be really interesting because it would be nice to get in the ring and roll around and beat, beat those guys up. But I also want to stand on the apron and watch Perry use uh, amateur wrestling to stretch them. I think that might be more. Than that. I would have to pay for a ticket to that.
3: <laughs> yeah, for um, for those who don't know, could you uh, just fill our listeners in about Perry's, uh, ec- um credentials, amateur credentials? You
0: know what? I can't even list them all. I just know every time. And Luke was a coach, and Luke is a, a guy who gets involved with his with his, with his kids, uh, you know, activities and making sure that he he can be there to be the best daddy can. Uh, Perry's a monster. He's an animal. You've got to follow him on social media. and uh, Luke shares his stuff, too. I believe – see, I'm not up on what they call it anymore, but I'm pretty sure he's definitely a uh, multi-time state champion in high school, and that's a big yeah. deal. So uh, that's the equivalent. And if people remember, Brock Lesnar was the NCAA state champion uh, so many different times and then obviously national champion. Perry's right up there on the high school level um so Brockway's a little bit more so I'm not saying he's a weight class but you know he's right. got a great a, a great foundation and discipline uh to make it in professional wrestling he's got such a head start being around the business since I don't know as long as Luke's been wrestling so he's pretty much been born into it and I'm I'm looking forward to see how he's improved Great. Yeah, I
2: think great. I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to that show and uh I think people should definitely turn out to the landmark to see you guys do your thing and see see his premiere as a pro. Later on, I think he's the kind of guy that later on people a lot more people are going to claim that they saw his match <laughs> than actually did, but you have a chance uh-huh. to go out and see it and I think it's great.
0: Yeah, another thing is this is if people don't know this is the building where they used to have n w a wildside, so the building has a mm-hmm. lot of history, and you know it's not just it's a it's it's a place where they did a lot of n w a wildside t v tapings. This is where Luke got his start so this is a very uh, sentimental kind of night for him to bring wildcat sports from New Orleans to Atlanta for the first time. He puts everything he can into it, and he just really it doesn't exist without the support of people coming out to the shows they don't have. WWE w him as a developmental territory. They literally, he funds it sometimes out of his own pocket from doing movies and stunts and stuff like that. So he really wants to build this up. Um, and he would love to come back to Atlanta. So please come out and show your support to him. You know, don't, don't do it for me. You can come out and boo the hell out of me, but do it for Luke. <laughs> I'm absolutely. Oh, right.
3: Well, Stevie, thanks so much for, um, uh, stopping by tonight and chatting with us about this. And, uh, I plan on seeing you. I'll introduce myself when I see you out there Saturday night in Cornelius for the Wildcat Sports Show at uh, the Landmark Arena.
0: No problem. I really appreciate you guys coming me on. I'm sorry I couldn't stay on longer.
3: It's okay. Uh, it's, it's all right, so Stevie. It was a
2: pleasure. Take all right, guys. Care. Have
0: a good night. See you guys Saturday.
2: Larry, yes. I have a question. It's actually more of a statement. Here's a, Here's a guarantee. So we just had Stevie Richards on for 15 minutes. You were as good as your word. You know, he came on right about 7.15, got off at 7.30 because he's got to go call uh, in with Vince Russo. I'm going to listen to that Vince Russo show. I'll jump on the grenade, right? Okay. (laughs) I guarantee you that Stevie Richards will be on that show and probably for a lot longer, understandably so, right? Russo's got a wide listenership. Um, I bet you Stevie Richards will be great but I think that, that they will get less done in an hour plus than Stevie Richards got done in 15 minutes. I don't just mean in terms of promoting the things that he's doing and involved with but just in terms of real wrestling insights and <laughs> things that you can learn. Um, if he, I, I despise Vince Russo but I, I think I hate Vince Russo, the interviewer and the podcast guy, more than any other Vince Russo there's ever been. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna listen to that show and I guarantee you, Larry, next time we're here on Tipping Point, I will have a report. I may even have a written thing for Georgia Wrestling History, just a comparison of what we do on Tipping Point compared to what Vince Russo is going to do. And it couldn't be more fair, same guest, same night, same things that he's promoting, same everything. In fact, Vince Russo probably has insights about Stevie Richards that we don't, right? They work together at some point. I would, think, I would point. Certainly think
3: so. Yeah.
2: But he will suck. He will suck. And I can't wait to put up the statistics. How many times is Vince Russo going to say, bro, bro? How many times is (laughs) how many times is Vince Russo, who is perhaps the least funny man in the history of pro wrestling? Okay, he makes fucking Ole Anderson look like Chris Rock right? Vince Russo is horribly unfunny, but you know what he's going to do? He's going to talk about, Oh man, you know, I love the BWO. Cause I love what you guys did. And I did this comedy stuff. Please give me an example where Vince Russo wrote something that was funny intentionally. <laughs> I'm going to do that as a special gift to me, you and our listeners. Well, I'm going to compare I- two shows with Stevie Richards. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. I I will. And we'll see. We'll see. You know, and Vince Russo might get mad. I would welcome Vince Russo getting mad because I saw his attempt to sort of shoot on Jim Cornette. And it just made baby Jesus cry. And if it makes baby (laughs) Jesus cry, apparently it makes Vince Russo cry, you know, for the 12 minutes a day that he pretends to be a Christian.
3: So <laughs> there well, is I guess that. we I guess we know who you won't be getting a Christmas card from after this, so No um, way bro. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh well yes. Do we, So uh, so I guess poor Billy Knight has to has to follow that tirade. Um but I think we've got him. Oh, awesome!
2: The, so, uh, longtime owner of UIW.
3: Yes, winding down his career, we're going to ask him about that and yeah, more. Right about now, welcome to the tipping point, Billy Knight. I'm hoping.
1: Hello, hey,
2: Billy, how are you?
1: Good, yeah, value.
2: I'm good, I, uh, Billy. I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to open with this question really quick. So. UIW just had a show, and it was by all accounts a rousing success. Uh, Be honest here. Uh, In light of what's happened, let's say in the last year and a half, two years, were you surprised that you guys had? I mean, you guys had over two hundred paid, right? It was a a pretty. It was a, a Roman triumph. Were you surprised? And if not, what did you guys do? to get that crowd in the building and give them a great show?
1: Uh, it's really just the location, man, to be honest with you. The West Georgia Fairgrounds is is a home for wrestling. And that's, I mean, basically all we done was just push posters and, and on Facebook the whole time and uh, done a lot of advertising. That's all it was. But I really think it's just The fairgrounds is just home for wrestling fans. You know, they're gonna come there whether they go anywhere else in the county.
3: Um, I saw too that you um, you, this is not a one-time shot. You plan on making this a regular uh, regular venue for you guys, correct?
1: Yes, we are. Uh, And we also still run our other places, huh?
3: No i was curious too that you're gonna come back to the that t c rose uh bar in here in short order and run on a a a monday night as well
1: yes we are uh that's uh we that, we actually cater to an adult show on that one you know, yeah. uh, the 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 bar shows are adult shows and uh they always do good you know i mean it's i don't know what it is about the bar business but Everybody wants to go out and drink and eat and watch her ass on. So we always yeah. do good at T.C. Rose.
2: Uh, Billy, we had we had uh, A.J. Steele on last week, and I, listening to him, I guess I just wanted to ask for you. I just wanted to straight from the horse's mouth. How would you describe how UIW is organized? who has what role, what stands role, et cetera. Cause I mean, listening to AJ steel, I, I, I couldn't really get a grasp on who's, who's the owner, who's the booker. Is it booked by committee? Like what, what's the best way to describe? It? I know, I know often people don't like to pull back the curtain and I understand that, but I, I think a lot of people would be interested in knowing how things work at UIW. Well, now,
1: uh, I own it as of right now. I mean, I'm going to probably end up giving it to Stan later on this year and let him just have it. But uh, as of right now, I mean, I, I still own it. And uh, Stan really don't do a whole lot of anything. He books some of the name talent now that we bring in. and uh, But Murder One, he pretty much puts everything together now and, and books, it, books the whole show pretty much now, so but murder won pretty much over all of it.
3: Gotcha. Um, Billy, I was, you know, of course I read with interest the, your announcement from Saturday night that you plan to make uh, the return date in Carrollton, March 10, your retirement match. Um, and, you know, you and I had talked, you know, when I saw you to show, you know, that, you know, that this, this was going to be coming at some point, but, why now why this night what what's the what's your thoughts on that
1: well two years in the business and my body is just beat up all to pieces and uh and every time i step in the ring now i mean i can feel it more and more and, and my body's just telling me to it's, it's time to step away and you and, uh, know i hate to do it but i i know if i don't do it i'm going to end up being uh, crippled up or something with my hips, my hips are trying to go out on me on every show now. So yeah, mm. I just I just figured I figured March tenth is is going to end it. You know, I, I don't think I can do it anymore.
2: Mm. How um, how do you envision going out? Like um, who who's the match going to be with? Um, why are those opponents significant to you?
1: Well, we've been uh, me and Trevor on has been in an angle for about three months now, and uh, I just want to end it with some some good talent that's you know that's up and coming, and maybe I can help them out a little bit on these last couple shows we're gonna do.
3: Well, and you got Steve Lawler as your partner, correct?
1: Yeah, Steve's gonna be my partner on the on the uh, tenth show. And uh, on the uh, 26th show, it's it's me against uh, Trevor's partner. I can't remember who who it's going to be. I think he picked uh, Silva or something like that, the guy's name. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, Trevor will be against Steve Lawler in a singles match. And then we're going to bring it back to the fairgrounds on March the 10th and, and end it there, so.
2: What, you know uh Billy I had my last match against um Shane Marks and um I I in my mind I thought I would know how that was going to feel for it to be to be done and over with um mm-hmm. but I, I honestly it was it ended up being it ended up feeling very different than I thought it would what what do you anticipate what's going to be going through your mind um uh, what are you going to be thinking about before that match um, and then, uh, how do you think you're going to feel afterwards? Are you are you going to have like a ton of regrets about like, ah, oh, I, I kind of wish I had done more, or are you going to be kind of, are you going to be at peace with it?
1: I really think I'm going to be at peace with it. You know, I've, I've traveled all over the country and all, and I think I've done as much as I can do in the business. So that's why I, I'm hoping that this match right here, you know, with Trevor and them. I hope it helps push them over the top as great heels where they can uh keep on and you know start a new angle with somebody else and I can just sit back and enjoy watching them, you know. That's what I that's what I'm hoping for, but I think I'll be at peace with everything after after the tenth.
2: If if you had to like pick two or three moments out from your career that you think have kind of brought you to this? What are, what are two or three things that would immediately pop in your mind if you were doing like kind of a retrospective
1: of your own career? Probably shows out in Louisiana with Public Enemy and stuff, you know, working with Johnny Grunge and Rocco. That's, that's probably why my hips right yeah. now. Going through tables and stuff, you know, with Leon <laughs> but, but I'm not gonna lie. I, I had a great time with them. Them guys was great. They really took care of me, and you know. But I, my body, I, I mean, my body's just broke down from it over the years now. So I think it's just time to time to step out and let the, let this younger generation come in. They. It's it's totally different business anyway from what it was when I started in it. So yeah, let them you know well, let them take if, off with it.
3: If my math's correct, then that means you broke in in nineteen eighty six.
1: Eighty six when I started, yes. Oh my goodness! It was, different, it was a, what, it was a mean, different you,
3: world, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, eighty six when I started. Uh, Ken Tim started my training,
3: mm-hmm. and.
1: uh He actually trained me, and then he told me to get the heck out of the business for a little bit, and I I took about (laughs) seven—I took about eight months off, and then went back and started aggravating him again, and he put me right back in the ring and stuff. So after that, you know, it's it's been going real good. I've been, you know, I've been promoting shows since 1993 in the West Georgia area, and
0: wow, under
1: other promotions, you know, I, I run under. GIWA for for six years, and then I changed over to Southern All Star. Then we started UIW up. So. It's been a long long run, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm just wore out from it.
2: It's uh, I you know I don't I don't know if you'd agree with this. I found um, kind of running a show and dealing with all of. The, the the nonsense I mean it's it, you know there's so much stuff that you have to deal with I was telling somebody today that like booking booking a show like the fun stuff like the creative stuff and putting a show together that's like 20 percent of it or less oh yeah <laughs> And the other 80 yeah. yeah. percent is sort of the logistics the dealing with people and like, you know, dealing with egos and personalities and sort of like mm-hmm. politics and, you know, clashes of sort of cultures and all this kind of stuff. And, and that's the part that really wears you out. Like somehow you have to embrace and love that part of it. And that's the part that I think breaks a lot of guys that we see. I, I mean, like I can, I can just go down the line and look at promoters and, and bookers and go, you know, if somebody's not being successful, it's because there's some aspect of the sort of, like, less fun part of the gig that's mm-hmm. gotten the better of them um, nine times out of ten. I mean, that's the stuff that you don't really miss. But, you know, Ed, you know you've you been in West Georgia um, promoting shows since, you said, 93. And mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the West Georgia scene? There was There was a time, like, two or three years ago, where, you know, it felt like, I mean, it felt like a, you know, a traffic jam. There was a million smaller promotions and, you know, um, all of that going on. How do you, and and, you know, at one point you guys had left and you weren't going to do shows in Georgia anymore. I'm sure part of that stemmed from the frustration of all the West Georgia nonsense. Right. But now that you're back, uh, like what, what are your thoughts on sort of the West Georgia wrestling scene right now?
1: Well, it's still down. It's, I don't think it's gonna ever be as good as it was, you know. I mean, three years ago or five uh, you know, three to five hundred people, you know, was our average house and now
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And in Buck area, I mean, and if we draw anywhere from eighty to hundred and twenty in Buckhannon now and, and we was drawing three hundred in Buckhannon, you know, three or four years ago. But now yeah. I mean I think the problem was all the smaller promotions come in here and they was taking fans off the front row and making referees out of them and smartening people Mm -hmm. up. They were taking paying customers and smarting them up to our business and think it actually hurt the West Georgia area. I mean, I mean, Shane knows, I mean, with Peach state, it's the same thing. Their crowd's been down. I mean, but it's because all the all the smaller promotions come in here, and they was just taking people out, you know, fans out of the seats, putting them in the ring, and uh, you can't do that. I mean, that that kills our business, and I think that's what happened to the West Georgia area. Yeah.
3: Uh, Billy, You're what saying? are what are you proudest of? Um, as a promoter, what do you look back on and, and, and back think? On. <laughs> with pride about uh things you've done as a promoter.
1: I guess I'm just proud of, you know, still still being able to do it, you know. I mean, we I've run pretty much all over all over the this part of West Georgia and, and East Alabama and and we brought in a lot of a lot of good talent and that's that's what I, you know, that's what I really like doing is bringing in some of the best talent in the United States, and that's what we've been doing for the last year. I mean it's taken a, a while to get this talent we've been bringing in built up, but finally it's starting to happen and I think that's one reason our crowds are picking up so good now Mhm uh, because we you know, we, we probably, don't use no we we don't use local talent no more hardly at all. And well, I mean, you know, for I this think one that you that brought
3: helped. in Chelsea Green and um, Caleb Conley and Sean Schultz and Shane Andrews came in from Tennessee. Some people that, of mm-hmm. course, you know, ha- hadn't been seen around Georgia, at least not not very often.
1: Not very often, yeah. They work in Georgia and all, but most of them from out of state, you know. And they either work most of them just works AWE or our shows. So when we bring them in, so I, I think that helps, you know.
2: You know, Billy, thank you so much for your time. I am, um, it's, the scene in Georgia, I mean, you've seen, like, if you've been doing wrestling since 86, I mean, just think about this. Like that, you're, you're talking about like the, you know, like the Crockett era, right? Mm-hmm. Then you moved in the 90s, you saw all the craziness of the 90s.
1: Right. Yes.
2: Where like where big stunts became a thing in like the late nineties, mm-hmm. right? ECW yes. and, and otherwise. And now like now it's sort of like acrobatic work rate junkie stuff, right? Where a guy's mm-hmm. like yep. do a lot of spots and falsies and all that kind of stuff. And oh, what, yeah. so. what if you have to make a prediction, um what's wrestling what's next for wrestling? Does it just kind of keep going on the same course? Does something old become new again, or does it further? I mean, let's just be honest. Deteriorate in the, in a lot of ways. Wrestling is just not as good as it used to be. Are we going to continue no. to go on that downward trend, or is something new going to pop up? It's going to pop it back up. I
1: actually think before it's over with, it's going to have to go back to the old way. Far as you know, guys learning how to work and sell and breaking the heels from the faces. They you know. Nobody does it no more. It's all a spot fest match, and nobody knows who's the good guys, who's the bad guys. Nobody stops and sells for anybody anymore. And I think it's going to have to go back to that. And you know, to if if you can, I don't know if you can anymore. If you if you can take it back to that where people can believe in that again, you know, Mm -hmm. I think I think it would actually start putting people back in the seats. You know, well, I
3: mean, yeah, that's the thing. Can you put the genie back in the bottle enough? Or is there any way to do if, that? Uh,
1: in certain areas, I think you could, you know. I don't think you could I do agree. it in the Atlanta area. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I actually think you could. You know, out, you know, where the where the wrestling fans really still believe, I think you could still do it, you know. I don't think you could do it in the Atlanta area where it, set of fans really wants to see, like Steve said, all the acrobats and the spot fest and all the crazy stuff, you know, 20 finishing moves in one match on one person, you know, six or seven pile drivers, and the guy still walks away from the ring, you know, I, I, I mm-hmm. really think that's what hurt the business, you know, I mean, back in the old days, if, if somebody pile you and you got up. The next one that was for real, and you had a broke neck. So, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the way I was trained. You know,
2: uh, Billy. What well, last question? Um, what can people expect when they come out to March tenth to uh, to to be part of your celebration of kind of saying goodbye to your in ring career? What can they
3: expect to see? It's gonna
1: be it's gonna be great. I mean, uh, the fans. are – that's why I do this is for the fans. And uh, me and Steve Lawler, we're we're going to tear the house down that night. I mean, we we tore it down the other night, uh, you know, the last show. But March 10th, is, it's going to be even worse. And I think the fans really want to see the old school style. You know, somebody's going to get their butt kicked that night. So I think it's going to be great. I think the fans are going to be right there with us. Absolutely.
2: Well, Billy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I mean, please come back anytime and, you know, I hope, I hope everything goes great and just how you want it to go, um, especially on March 10th.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Billy. Uh, Take care. You too. Mm -hmm.
3: So Larry, uh, quick
2: thoughts. Um, Do you agree with Billy's assessment about uh, the West Georgia scene? That it's like these all all these like smaller groups that have. I I mean, I I think that's an interesting idea, right? I didn't even think of that. How they took like the the diehard wrestling fans from the first row and made them into wrestlers, and that kind of facilitated sort of the decline of the whole area. Do you think that that's accurate?
3: You know, I'm, he knows that Georgia, that area, way better than I do. I, I from what I do yeah. know, I think there's, I think there's an element of truth in that. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's more. I also think it's just sort of the natural, un- unfortunately, sort of deterioration over time, of the those old school type fans. I mean, you know, frankly, they're dying, and they're not being, you know, right replaced by younger fans that have that view of the that kind of wrestling. Um so um, you know, it's a different it's a as we were, as we were talking about, it's a different breed of fans and there's just no way around that, even in West Georgia.
2: Um and, and I'm, I mean it's easy to speculate of course, but there was a time where it just seemed a no brainer for me. I mean just from my perspective, a no brainer to do Peach State versus UIW. And mm-hmm. I think that they've missed out on a golden opportunity. If they were to do it now, it would come across as sort of desperate, and I don't think it would read. But there was a time where the two of them were legitimately kind of going head-to-head. That's what it felt like. They were running shows within miles of each other, doing really well. And I think there was an opportunity there to sort of do the coolest thing in the state. And, uh... And that moment has passed and uh, it's too bad because it's fun to think about what could have happened, you know, when everything was at sort of the height of craziness. And, you know, these people are, you know, like AJ Steele and Pandora leaving UIW and going to Peach State. They're going to cut a promo and like just all of this stuff that like, man, like people should have just given up the ego for the act and uh, made some money. But <laughs> that's like the old school wrestling promoter in me that's just like ah oh, that would have been so amazing and um yeah it's funny to think of what could have been you know
3: well you know this is the, this is kind of a tangent here but I'm just thinking about West Georgia and the Carrollton area specifically and you know you've got the West Georgia University of West Georgia there in Carrollton and that uh, looks to me like well, I don't know how many. Do you have any idea how many students they got out there in West Georgia? I don't know. That's easy to look up, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, every once in a while it, I've seen, oh, okay, 13,000. Wow. 13,000. That's not, a, that's not a tiny school. That's that's comparable no. to, like, you know,
2: University of Southern it, Mississippi, which is a major school. So.
3: Yeah, they're right out there. And every once in a while I've seen someone that looks like a college student wander in. To a, a Peach State show, but they don't come mm-hmm. back, and I've never seen any sizable number. It's just like it's in a different world, a different universe that that none of those none of those college kids would ever show up or and never do show up at, at any of those shows.
2: Yeah, you know, cool. It, it's something I think about a lot, talk about a lot. There's, a, there's there's well-run shows and then there's shows that are cool and I'm not sure who the cool show is right now I, I like the show that like I gotta go to that thing I, I think you know Phoenix City would be wise to do whatever they could to hold on to the cool because that's that's their main asset you know just this idea mm-hmm. of it's a show you got to see I mean, the symptomatic of it is, yes, there's great matches. Yes, there's great indie talent. Yes, you know, it's booked proficiently and stuff. But cool is a harder thing to kind of wrap yourself around. It's kind of like you know it when you see it. And right now, if I'm being bluntly honest, I don't see cool anywhere. Not AWE, not Anarchy, not PCW. I don't see cool. And I think I would love to see something that would sort of shake everybody out of their tree and be cool again. And um, I I think without that cool, you're never going to get college kids to come. There has to be some kind of element. I mean, whoever, who did, you know, at PCW at one point we had what you would call like a hipster crowd and that's not an easy show to book um, and still maintain some semblance of actual pro wrestling about it. But boy, it was fun. And it's a really different element when you have a different people in the crowd. And you can attest to this, Larry, You've been like to any number of PCW shows, when you have a completely different demographic watching your show alongside hardcore wrestling fans, it's a great atmosphere when you have women in the crowd, you know, when yes. you have people of different ethnicities in the crowd, different age groups, different class structures, like but that they only respond to cool, right? Like cool is the only thing that can
3: tie us all together. uh, You know, and I think Mm -hmm. AWE was, was tying into that a little bit, but then it really has boiled down to their fans who love the product, but not really, you know, that's who it is. It's not anything beyond that. It's very cool to their fans and they love it. And that's, that's wonderful, but it doesn't, it doesn't extend beyond that. Um, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, one other thing I forgot to mention in the early part of the show that's certainly worth mentioning, and I just got a reminder yeah. about it, is um, that Kyle Matthews announced that he's going to be retiring. Um, you the know. City Invitational, um, caught me by surprise.
2: What can you say about that? I mean, you know, it was Tank last year, and this year it's, kyle matthews you you couldn't have two guys that are i I mean their venn diagrams don't cross very much right those are two completely different kind of talents yet they both feel equally impactful does that make sense like Mm -hmm. tank leaving and being retired though you would never know it by looking at facebook because he's still you know he's still the burr under the shitbird saddle which is amazing. Right. But, (laughs) but, you know, he occupies a space that is so uniquely him. And then Kyle Matthews, who's like the perennial technical wrestler winner, like sort of this beloved figure. I mean, any, anybody who's got a bad thing to say about Kyle Matthews, go fuck yourself. Right. Like, like, uh, and I mean, even if people wanted to claim he had holes in his game, the pro wrestling game, right? None of personnel, like whatever knocks they try to give him, he's, he's eradicated those in the last three years. And clearly being married and having kids has sort of enhanced him as, as, you know, a credible performer and kind of given him almost this sort of relaxed yet purposeful vibe to what was already a very disciplined and serious guy. Um, Man, I mean, he's really going out with what feels to be like the top of his game, and yeah, I, I mean, anybody who's got respect for Kyle Matthews, you got to be there at the Scenic City for any number of reasons. But I think just as just as Tank, I think really got a proper send off, not just at Scenic City, but in this, his sort of goodbye tour. You know, the hardcore shows that he did and all that stuff were. You know he couldn't keep a shirt right. Everyone bought him like bought him out everywhere he went, and I think he was given the proper amount of love, and that happens so rarely. And I think Kyle deserves similar treatment with all the places that he works. And um, yeah, that's a I mean that's a big deal. And Scenic City I think is a proper place to honor a guy like Kyle Matthews. Plus, well, I mean okay. I gotta say just from a booking from a booking perspective, Larry, what excites me is. Tank, no matter how they tried to bill it, everybody knew Tank was not getting past that first round. Just getting there and then working Matt Riddle was enough. Could Kyle Matthews pull a Jimmy Connors where he, you know, like it's very conceivable that Kyle Matthews could win that thing. And that is a different level of excitement, honestly.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, if he doesn't win, I have to think he's going deep into the tournament, let's say. And I don't, I mean, I don't, and I don't know anything, okay, but, but that would be right. what I think about it. Um, but yeah, we got to get him on the show before, as, 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 uh, we moved on towards, um, August. Um, he just he i just messaged him and he asked him and he said uh, you know about why now he said well he said well 15 years is half my life and ready to, and i'm ready to stay home yeah so he's
2: just a, he's just a, i mean he's that he's that dude man and that's one of the things that's so great about him i i i got to say i had so much fun booking Kyle Matthews cuz it was just one of those where it's like what's the craziest thing i can do with him and you know it's like I'll put him with Bordeaux Walker and just let him demolish people. (laughs) And (laughs) demolish they did. (laughs) They did. I mean, sort of legendarily so. And I think he had a lot of fun. And, you know, I would make him cut promos and just put him in all kinds of situations. And uh, and he was so – it was funny thing is because he's such a good guy and such like sort of a consummate pro. That he was so reluctant to demolish guys, you know, he was just like, no, but we can have a match. I'm like, you'll have matches later on, trust me. You know, but for for now, I want, I mean, I want you to be the like the submission road warriors. That was the shtick, you know. You're gonna come in, your music's gonna be going. We're gonna throw the streamers, take off your Japanese jackets, go in, mall guys, and then make them tap out at the same time. You know, like I just, I just want this wave to hit the ring. And um, he adjusted. And, of course, once they started having the great matches, you know, once I started matching against the Washington Bullets and different tag team things, I mean, I'll always remember that sacred ground where the tag teams stole it, you know, where Adam Pierce teamed with De La Vega, you know, and then you had Brian and Jeter and the Bullets and Dice Show. It's like – Amazing. You know, it's what I always wanted to do in a tag team thing. And, uh, yeah, he was a huge part of it. And his match against Davey Richards, um, in that little Academy theater venue, uh, which was yeah. sort of the, our, which was our go home for, um, you know, the, the show before, um, the Empire took over PCW in that shock. I was so proud of that match, and he was proud of that match, and Davey was blown away by his talent, and that's when Davey was, like, at the top of the wrestling world, you know? So just great, you know... All the best to Kyle Matthews, and uh, I know it's going to be unbelievable, and of course you're going to be there, Larry, to cover it, as you always oh, are. Yeah. So well, and great. you know,
3: one of the things about Kyle is he's, he's always been up for different things and expanding who he is as a wrestler and so forth, and you know, the show became another element of that, and like you know, in more recent times, he's been throwing in some comedy things into into what he yeah. does. So you know, it's nice to see a guy who's constantly expanding what he does and trying new things too. So he will be sorely missed, to say the least. But he's given Georgia tremendous stuff over all these years. So. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, the ultimate litmus test is: did you did you leave wrestling in a better place than when you found it? And I don't think there's a person alive who would say that neither tank nor Kyle Matthews didn't live up to that. I mean, both of them left Georgia wrestling and wrestling in general in a, in a better spot and better for having been a part of it. So that's a wonderful thing.
3: Hey, so Steve, what do you say we plan on coming back in two weeks and yeah. hopefully, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't like certainly don't hold ourselves to any schedule here, but maybe two weeks from tonight and, uh, uh, we'll toss back and forth some ideas about who we might get. I hadn't heard back from Moose Lewis. I was hoping for Moose Lewis, but hadn't heard back from him. But, uh, I will say the, uh, Jody Hamilton did respond back. Yes. It's just a matter of working out the time to do it, which should be, you know, um, in fact, we can have, we can
2: have a, we can have a,
3: we can have a preview
2: of that right now. Um, yeah, Larry, you know, <laughs> some of these guys out here, Larry, I just, uh, you know, there was this guy and he, uh, He's just such a mark for himself, man. I just anyway, as Assassin Jody Hamilton, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> so you have that to look forward to in the upcoming weeks. And maybe Vince Russo will want to come on after I call him out for being the untalented, unfunny, uh piece of shit, uh fake Christian hack that he is.
3: But we will, anyway. we will have your review. We will have review in two yes, weeks. Of
1: you TV will Rich have a review in
3: two Russo weeks. Show.
2: Of why Vince Russo is not half the man that Larry Goodman is. <laughs> <laughs> so he's
3: got that facial hair though. Well, um, <laughs> Steve, my my keyboard just went here, so I don't know if I can play the outro. I will. So we may just go out in silence here. I'm sorry to say. Um,
2: Well, (laughs) with that, uh, for Larry Goodman, I am Stephen Platt, and we'll see you two weeks on The Tipping Point, bro. (laughs) 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 See you later on. Thank you to Stevie Richards and, of course, Billy Knight.
3: Yeah.